0: Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.
1: My guest today is Jerry Corbett. He takes over officially as chairman and CEO of PRSA on January 1st, 2012. Uh, I am with him here at the PRSA International Conference in Orlando. Jerry, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. All right.
1: So talk to us a little bit about, uh, um, you know, wh- you, you, you spent the last year preparing. For this honor to be the president of this organization or just the CEO of our organization, yes. um, what should we expect? What do we have to look forward to for 2012 as members of the Public Relations Society of America?
2: We have 21,000 professionals and about 10,000 students. We're the 800-pound gorilla, but we could actually be the 1,600-pound gorilla. Because according to the U.S. Labor Department, there are 272,000 people practicing public relations today in America. But in reality, it's probably more like a million. And uh, if you think about the, uh, the magnitude of what the PR industry is and what is required and what the potential is in building our ranks, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the fact is PR, I mean, PRSA is like the old Facebook, you know, it is a network of 32,000 people that don't realize how big and influential their network can be. So I think we have an absolutely incredible opportunity and challenge to raise the, um, raise the bar for the public relations industry
1: by engaging more people. It's a tough time for membership associations. Uh, it's a tough economy, and a lot of membership associations have been losing members because people are just going to the Internet, searching for information there, and connecting there. So why? what are the benefits? Why should a PR person join PRSA? What's in it for them? You know, precisely the reason you just cited. This, is, this has been one of the worst
2: economic environments in many years. There are a lot of people out of work. Uh, I Part of what I do on the pro bono side of things is I coach. I blog as the PR job coach, and I tweet as the PR job coach. And this year, in the last 12 months, I've probably coached or mentored or talked to maybe 150 people. Maybe half of them are PRSA members. And they come to me and they say, I'm trying to find a job, help me out here. And so I talked to them about, the first thing I talked to them is about their network. Because the fact is, 80% of the people that are landing jobs today are doing it through the network. They're not doing it through headhunters. They're not doing it through job boards. They're not doing it through display ads. They're doing it because they have a
1: network. Jerry, make that real for me, because a lot of people say that uh, you know people network and they find jobs through networks. But exactly how does that work? Like, you've been coaching these people. You've helped them get jobs. How do they do it? Very simple. I say, you know, the key is
2: you need to figure out how to make people aware of who you are and what your value is. So, I have this thing, I tell them, basically, job search is a three-legged stool. The first leg is a resume. Believe it or not, uh, a resume is still important today. But what's changed dramatically about the resume is, it's not about a job description. It's about your value. Hiring managers today wanna know, they wanna visualize, how you're going to perform for them. You only have roughly 60 seconds to 2 minutes to tell your story very quickly in the resume. So the resume is all about accomplishments. That's it. No more, no less. Forget the hobbies. Forget whether you know Microsoft. It's about what you've accomplished, how you have helped employers you've worked for move the needle. Bing. Um leg number two. Leg number two is can you be found? Can you be found in cyberspace? Okay? And what that means is uh, most headhunters, most recruiters, hiring managers, first place they go is search. They look on Google. They look on Bing. And they want to see if they can find you. And you know what? If they can't find you, you're dead. You're not there. You don't exist. Okay? So part of a job seeker's um, task is they got to figure out how to be found online and that's you know it's a content game everybody knows it uh, look at the Huffington Post they're inventing new Huffington Post all the time because uh, it's because it's a content game everybody uh, everybody has content you know. right so you got to make sure you can be found online the third leg of the stool is a network people aren't going to hire you unless they know you unless they understand your value so you have to optimize you have to help people know who you are so you need a network in the first place so and networking isn't just connecting with people on linkedin or facebook networking is pressing the flesh you know the old time the old school thing you got to go out there and press the flesh you have to use every vehicle at your command to, you know, basically make everyone aware who you are and what your value is. You're the product. That's, the, that's really the bottom line.
1: You know, one of the things I, I think it must be a real challenge to do what you're going to do this next year as CEO and chairman of PRSA, I think about how PR is regarded by non-PR people. Yeah. And I think about like see so many stories in even the New York Times where the word public relations is used to describe something that's fake. Oh, it was just PR, yeah. meaning it wasn't substantial, it was only public yeah. relations, it was a, some sort of effort to, it was a detour from the truth. This is the perception that many people outside of our world have of our industry, and, and it seems to me, and you know, I've heard it said before, it's almost a cliché. It will be a cliché to you. You know, PR needs PR. Um, what, if anything, can be done to reverse this common belief that, you know, this business is one of uh, skullduggery?
2: Yeah. You know, it's a valid point. But if you look at the whole universe of the practice... And the number of people that are that are doing it every single day, you know, they're working behind the scenes. You know, it used to be in the old days, you know, PR was, was the guy back in his office working the channels on behalf of their client or, or their company or whatever. So when you have all this work going on, you're going to run into anomalies. And we've had a fair number of those. But they're really isolated cases, and they're the ones that are going to be written about. And I think, you know, they, they, they represent learning opportunities, but we got to move on. And frankly... PR is a big business. Uh, I just read something the other day where through 2018, uh, the industry is going to grow 18.4% or 24% or something. You know, the fact is, the industry is, isn't going to die. The industry is growing. So I think that uh, you really need uh, an effort to be extremely transparent uh, and the exceptions that occur, you just got to learn from them and move beyond them. Because you're not going to change it. Because you're always going to have people that 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 want to take a shortcut or they want to, you know, uh, shortchange the system. You can't change that. It's
1: human nature. Talk to us about. Uh, you know, I know you worked at Hitachi. Uh, which is a global multinational, yep. and uh, now you're going to be chairman and CEO of the Public Relations Society of America. So, do you have any aspirations to grow membership abroad? Uh, PRSA is is is
2: part of an organization, a sort of a loose federation called the Global Alliance, and it's uh, you know it's a group of about you know. 40 to 50 um, communication slash public relations organizations around the world. The Certified Institute of Public Relations Practitioners, the, the Australian PR Association. So there's associations all over the place. I think the role for PRSA as the world's largest organization is setting standards, collaborating, Networking uh, and being inclusive of of all the organizations. Let me give you an example. I'm uh, I, I, I just wrote a chapter for a, a Northwestern professor is is uh, republishing his handbook of public relations and corporate communications and. Uh, he asked me to write a chapter for the book and he said what do you what do you want to write about and i said you know what i want to write about i want to write about the efficacy of belonging to an association and the reason why i said that is it goes back to our earlier conversation that every pr professional really needs to have a network not not just for business development but their personal growth, their career management, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so I wrote some words about why it's important to belong to an organization of like professionals, because that's going to give you a, the the support network to increase your skills, increase your network, uh, benchmark. Your own performance
1: and build your business, whether you work for a company or whether you work work for yourself. Sure. Well, I mean, just out of curiosity, I mean, what would you say to um, you know, what would you say to the uh, practitioner who says who, who who says back to you um, that he can build or she can build their network on LinkedIn, you know? For, for no money and they could still you know, be a member of the PRSA group there, so what's the value of membership? What do you get by being a member that you don't get uh, by just being part of the LinkedIn group? Good question.
2: What you get is um, you know, being part of LinkedIn is, is one of the best ways to institutionalize your network. You never have to worry about updating the Rolodex for Joe Smith who changed jobs last year or last week, right? So, platforms like LinkedIn and Facebook are a fabulous way of institutionalizing the network. But the bottom line is, there's no substitute for pressing the flesh. You know, part of the, part of your success in managing your career in, in job search is... Letting people know who you are and,
1: and what your value is. Right. So it's the real-world network, so, networking so opportunities. So it's the real world. The, but but um, now, I know there were some changes made here at the delegation, right, this year. Uh, there was a, a dues increase, but is there also was a $30 dues increase, and I know it was a big deal to get it passed, but it did pass, right? Well, it, it passed by an incredible margin. It did? By an overwhelming margin. Okay. Yes. It passed. So it wasn't You're hard right. to get it passed. No. Because it, everyone was fretting, oh my God, are they going to pass it? Are they going to pass it? It was a matter of
2: transparency, communicating why the dues increase was needed, and what the organization and what's going to do with it.
1: And in a nutshell, what was the reason? What's the reason? Well, the reason is PRSA has not had a dues increase in, in 10 years. And the cost of doing business it, it, has gone up. Precisely. Right. Now, does the new deal give you some benefits as a member that weren't previously benefits?
2: Well, yeah. One, the, there, there are two new things coming down the pipe. One is free webinars for members. All webinars are free? Webinars for members are going to be free. Wow! Okay. Okay. All
1: that's right. the first
2: one. Then the second one is we're we're looking at building um, a loyalty infrastructure. Okay. What does that mean? That means that, for example, I've I've been a member of PRSA since 1977. So uh, I'm a longtime contributor. I've served in a lot of positions at the chapter level and the national level, et cetera. So we're going to look at that and we're going to say, um, you know, let's reward our members for their commitment to the organization and their service to the organization. So we're going to look at, at, um, at their track record in, in uh, how they participate with PRSA, what their activity is, what they give back, and we're going to develop a system of some sort of reward. It could be, you know, a certain PD that'll be free or discounted. Um, it'll just depend. We are still wor- working on it and, and we're going to be rolling it out next year.
1: Any changes, other changes we should know about that came out of the uh, delegation?
2: Uh, no, th- th- in fact, the uh, the the assembly, which is kind of like the PRSA's version of uh, Congress, uh, was probably the smoothest that I've ever seen it in my you know 35 year history. Wow. Well, why do you think that is? Uh, you know, I think that uh, a couple years ago we we redid the bylaws. Uh, we have over the years. Um, some of the complicated uh, rules of, of the organization I think the members are a lot more collegial today than perhaps in the past um, and I think importantly uh, we are we are more transparent and we communicate a lot more and you know it's you know it's not rocket science if 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 you're completely open to your membership, and they know what's going on, and you help them understand reasons and rationale for what the organization does,
1: people are going to make the right decision, right? Are there any other changes you'd like to see made... Uh, to the bylaws or to the way that the organization is structured, that you think are in the best interest of the organization, and that you intend to pursue over the term of your uh, service.
2: Well, uh, one of one of my big initiatives is uh, is going to be focusing on uh, member growth and member value. Very simple. I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's not rocket science. Membership in PRSA has been relatively flat over the last 10 years or so. We lost a number of, of members uh, back in 2007. We have regrown that. We, uh, I think we grew in membership about 2.4% uh, this year. Uh, but what I mentioned earlier, you know, there's probably over a million people doing PR. And uh, I think we can be a stronger network. Uh, for them, a stronger support system. Uh, I think if we build our ranks, we, we are going to build our, our public voice. Uh, and you know, having a large network of, of engaged members, and, and, and engagement is, is the operative word. You know, The more you in, get engaged in something, the more you get back. And that's, that's the bottom line.
1: So, uh, we've had some, you know, there always are going to be high-profile, uh, uh, you know, high-profile incidents that happen in the public relations industry that um, uh, are reported and talked about. Uh, you know, the most, most recent one I can think of is the event with uh, ConAgra right. hiring Ketchum, um to uh, basically serve uh, meals to bloggers at a restaurant. It was a fancy Uh, Italian restaurant and they were invited to the restaurant and they were they were led to believe as though the meals were cooked by a high-class chef right and then uh, kind of like the old uh, Maxwell House commercials at the end they said hey it was frozen food you aren't you surprised and it didn't get the result they were hoping it would get. Instead of uh, the bloggers thinking, "Wow, who would have thought?" the bloggers were upset, and they felt as though they had been duped, and they wrote about it that way. Um, and it became it was high profile enough that people talked about it yeah. and it bu- they buzzed about it. Um, what did they did they do anything wrong? And if so, what? Well,
2: these things happen. Uh, they don't happen as often as you would. Be led to believe when when you read the coverage, but you know the bottom line is they weren't transparent. They were trying to employ the element of surprise and it backfired, period. So I, I mean, I just think, and my experience working in in the business for thir- thirty five years is, you know, just be open and tell the truth. You will never fail. You'll never fail. If if you're transparent, open, and tell the truth. So so I would have said... I would have told the bloggers, look, here's what the situation is. We want to evaluate one of our clients' offerings, and uh, we've invited you to this restaurant to taste what our client's doing, and we think you could be surprised. You may not be surprised. But, uh, you know, our client is a large corporation that does prepackaged food, uh, and we want to get your opinions. That's what I would have done.
1: You know, I think if you look back, I don't really remember, but I think if you look back on the whole Motrin moms incident, yeah, yeah. I think they actually wound up selling more Motrin. And, you know, one of the things I noticed uh, about this whole incident with ConAgra and Ketchum and them was in the reporting, uh, they said that there was actually more positive coverage about it than negative coverage. So are we kind of cutting off our nose to spite our face? I mean, I'll say something really unpopular. But I kind of think it was smart. And I think the fact that a few people went wild, wild and said it was a lousy thing, I still think it was smart, and I still think it was a good campaign. I'm probably the only guy who thinks that, but I think they I think they did it right. And I think throwing out the baby with the bathwater is a bad idea. Well,
2: you know, that is an interesting point of view. I'm not sure that I disagree with it. Uh, they may have created much more awareness, but... But we're not going to know that un- until we do some research and see what, what the bottom line is. But you know, the fact is they, they had some, some very popular bloggers that made a lot of news about it. So uh, it could be good on one hand, it could be bad on the other hand. You, know? you, know, you take a risk
1: and you've got to live with the risk. Jerry, where can we find you if we want to tweet you or get in touch with you? You know what? You can follow
2: me at, on Twitter at Gerard Corbett, or uh, I also tweet as the PR Job Coach. And you can uh, go to my website, which is redflag.com, which is a, no F, it's a PH. And you can also find me at PRJobCoach.com.
1: Jerry Corbett, incoming chair and CEO of the PRSA for 2012. Thanks for joining us. Eric, thank you very much for having me.
0: You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord. Or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at